<gasps> I thought I was doing so good. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so yeah, what what fun, insightful things did you guys catch um, as you were able to pour through these talks this week? I, I just like to open it up and we'll just kind of go through it. Uh, if that doesn't get lots of questions, uh, what was your favorite footnote? Because th there's some intensive ones here. It's about to bust a gut. So <laughs> do you did you say I am? Yes. Yes, I'm so excited. Everybody go to page 174. Okay. So 174, <laughs> I yeah, got my new printouts, right? Like where I've expanded it to include these ones all formatted the same. If not, email me and I'll, I'll get you the copies. But yeah, so this wait, wait, is wait, wait, wait. Which talk is it? It's now is the time. Okay, that's the one I'm on. Cameron, so, I ordered one and I asked my husband to Venmo you and then I forgot to follow up with them, so. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll get one uh, ready to go. Okay, thank you, sorry. You're good. Mm -hmm. uh, so down near the end of verse six, let us labor diligently for we have a labor to perform while in this tabernacle of clay that we may conquer the enemy of all righteousness. And I was reading, I caught that the second time I was reading this with my husband, verse 11. I don't know about you guys, but reading the list of temples, it's exciting, but my brain kind of shuts off just a little bit. And I thought I need to pay attention. Maybe there's something important here. Um, so I looked up 17, the Hebrew meaning. It oh, yeah. stands for overcoming the enemy and complete victory, which just re-emphasizes what he said that we just read in six. I was so excited to catch that. That was a big um, catch for me. That's awesome. Becky, do you have a place, a certain website you look those numbers up? Because I usually so I think Google it. It was, I Googled it. It's, um, I think biblestudy.org. Is that the one that you mm -hmm. use, Cameron? Yeah. So I had seen him do that on, in our Isaiah class. So that's just yeah, where I've looked. Copy the, the link over here in the chat. I go to this a lot. So there's Alonzo Gaskill's book, um, The Lost Language of Symbolism, um, uh, McConkie's book, Fielding's book, uh, all of the, the great ones. But this one has a lot of great information because let me try screen sharing. Let me know if my, my voice goes weird and technology glitches. Um, but anyway, so can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. So when you go here, you can go to any of the numbers, but um, not all numbers are listed right here on the very top of it. Some of them are, like 17 is. But if you wanted to, um, you can click on any of them and then just go up in the URL and actually type in the number that you want, you know, if it's not in that, that list here. So let's click on 17. And this is interesting because it's very little commentary, but it, it does go through and show you different patterns that exist in scripture with that number. So um, yes, the meaning of the number 17 in the Bible is that of overcoming the enemy, complete victory. I mean, so much uh, with his other talks in this conference as well. But um, here it talks about that God, 
Um, when the rains come, they come on the 17th day of the second Hebrew month, and which is going to be, you know, Passover season. And then Noah's Ark uh, rested on Mount Ararat on the 17th day again on the seventh month, which is right in the middle of the Feast of Tabernacles. So we have the two feast days, uh, both bookmarking Noah's journey with the number 17. And then um, Christ, uh, when he was resurrected, it was on the sunset of Nisan 17. Nisan is the month. Um, uh, Book of 1 Corinthians, there's some 17s there. But here's an interesting one as you're pulling out the number 7 and the number 10 and adding them together. So Daniel's seven beasts have seven heads and ten horns for a number, for a total of 17. Um, Again, Book of Revelation also has seven and ten. Um, let's see here, like Rehoboam, son of Solomon, as soon as the kingdom splits, Rehoboam, the king of the south or the kingdom of Judah reigns for 17 years. I thought that was interesting. Um, there's so many different 17s here, but, um, Psalm 83, I think is what is kind of most pertinent into that main definition, um, that Becky read. Uh, Psalm 83 lists 17 enemies of Israel. Seven of these God destroyed in the past. The other 10 will soon try to destroy the Israelites and cut them off from being a nation. Um, But anyway, so the seven enemies are these ones here. And then the future confederation prophesied uh, contains these ones, including some that, that we see today. You know, the Hagarines, I was like, what the heck, Hagarines? I've never heard it called by that before. But looking Hagarines up in Bible and, and everything, it, it does mean the, the Arabs, those that descend from Abraham through Hagar. And so anyway, that's just an awesome website to, to study number symbolism from. I, I highly recommend it. So anytime that you have a number, click on that bookmark, biblestudy.org. It's, it's, it's pretty fascinating some of the, the connections and patterns that, that God works with numbers. So President Nelson is the 17th prophet. He is announcing 17 temples. We now have the 17th Relief Society president. And um, the, the, the spring festival, the feast days this year, it varies in length from, from year to year. But this year, it will be 17 days long. So, I mean, we have quite a few 17s coming up. Anyway. Okay, so like... Okay, so now we know that. That was awesome. (laughs) I guess so was I because I I can't quit talking. So now that we know that. Oh, no, just a second. Because I can't hear you. Can everybody else hear Alethea talking? Okay. I'm just going to like try to work on my audio for some reason. It's being weird. Okay, so now that we know that, like, what does that mean? Like a future victory? Like what? Well, so here's what I thought, and you guys maybe pray about it and see what you think. But so he talks about, so in six, about conquering the enemy um, of righteousness. But then in eight, he talks about positive spiritual momentum and that that we need to grow in our understanding in the temple, which, I mean, he talked about in spiritual momentum. So I think that he gives us the formula right there to overcome the enemy is is in the spiritual momentum talk the five steps so okay so you think okay gotcha 
Yep. And then, and then focusing um, our time on the eternal blessings of the temple. That's what I think. Did anybody else have any other takeaways from it? I'd love to hear what others thought. Well, I just noticed, and and I didn't print it print it out, so I don't have the verses. But in the power of spiritual momentum, to kind of go along with that, he says we have never needed positive spiritual momentum more than we do now to counteract the speed with which the evil and darker signs of the times are intensifying. So, you know, that's all about conquering the enemy too, I think. And how straightforward he was with like how it's intensifying too was eye-opening to me. Yeah. Okay. So I can hear you guys again. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Uh, every time I screen share, every time something happens stupid, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, some, some really fun ones that you, you just mentioned there. So um, he also makes mention there. I don't know. Did you say that you sent that in email or something? Cause I'm just, I, did I miss it, the print up, or is everybody looking? Because I don't have the verses. I'm just looking at it in the Enzyme online. Yeah, I sent it in an email to, to everyone on our lists there, an updated PDF, but I can, I'll can email it to you right now. How did I miss it? So anyways, there a little bit later on, he says, as the church grows, we strive to keep pace by building more temples. And then he specifically says 44 new temples are presently under construction. Mm -hmm. Um, interesting yeah. because Isaiah 44, uh, starting in verse six and running until 45, 22, the Lord proclaims eight times that he alone is God. Verse 44 of John six reveals that a person must be drawn to faith in Jesus Christ by God, the father. Once they are drawn, they have the opportunity of becoming a true Christian and upon being faithful until death be resurrected from the dead at Jesus second coming. And Daniel 2, 44 makes the glorious announcement that God's kingdom will come to the earth after mankind's final attempt to rule himself fails miserably. So kind of interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm like you, I like numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're super fun to, to study and, and see because God works in patterns. And uh -huh. when you uh, start catching on to those and seeing different possibilities open up it's really fun so speaking of numbers diving into the basketball analogy was that interesting for anybody else like i i found it uh kind of interesting especially where we've come from like isaiah decoded right we're talking about babylon spiritual uh distractions etc even president nelson himself has talked about you know how sports can sometimes be a distraction and stuff. And so it was kind of interesting that he's bringing up basketball. He's only done it one other time in, in, uh, in a talk uh, when he and, well, when Dancil passed away, they were watching a, a basketball game together. Okay. Um, but anyway, this is a very interesting one to dissect and, and pull apart. What, what, what's everybody's thoughts on the different symbolisms here? Because we have different numbers coming through. We have um positions in the game coming through um 
and and the whole point of, of spiritual momentum as well. Anyway, well, what are you guys' thoughts as to those numbers and, and the breakdown there? I wondered, like, is he telling a real story or is he just making this up? Is that weird that that's what I kept thinking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wanted to know. I was like, is this like a real game? Like, did this just barely happen? Or like, I wanted to ask all my sports friends, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Let's mm -hmm. see. Oh, I, um, I don't know what verse it's in. Let's see. Because I took my notes um, online. But in the, mm, just before verse, the footnote two, mm -hmm. I just thought it was interesting. He says, we can control ourselves. And then he goes, bury any and all inclinations to hurt others. And I just said, this council reminds me of the Lamanites who chose to be baptized and buried their weapons of war. Likewise, each of us has unseemly habits, feelings, and weapons that need to be buried. And then on the Prince of Peace, right after footnote three, <clears throat> I said, Christ is the Prince of Peace. Satan is the author of chaos. Thus, Christ never wants us to be the offender and always be the de defender. I cannot think of a time in the Book of Mormon where he issued the call for his followers to go to war. Often he allows his followers to be subjected to oppression before quietly guiding them out of their stranglehold of their oppressors. The anti-Nephi-Lehi's he allowed to be slaughtered to turn the hearts of the Lamanites to him. He does not always protect us from dying at the hands of an enemy in this life. However, we have the promise of the atonement that we will overcome death. Super fun. Mm. Am I the only one? Hmm? Okay, after footnote three, the ascent, however, is designed to test and teach us, refine our natures and help us to become saints. And I said, I believe this is true, not just for those who have stepped off the covenant path, but also for those who have never strayed. There can be steep climbs and challenging times. Yeah, and I find it interesting that he also goes in and uh, it gives us a, a personal dream of his. Um, you know, that's, that's not super common for, uh, <laughs> over the pulpit, but I mean, uh, with President Nelson anyway, but here he says, not long ago, I had a vivid dream, uh, interesting kind of some of the descriptions here and, and who he's talking to and that, um, this group of people. And then, uh, in the dream, a woman steps forward and, um, asks how someone who has broken his or her covenants can get back on the path. Um, and, and how that plays into to all of this. I thought that was super um, intriguing. But on like that page, like look at these footnotes. Um, I, they're, they're little mini sermons in and of themselves. There's counsel and teachings and stuff. It's not only referencing the, the material in his, his talk, but it's giving us other uh, different tangents and uh, things to get, go study and, and do as well. I find it very interesting. Well, I have a question. Yeah. On number one, on footnote number one, it goes into the um, part about if your neighbor smite thee, turn the other cheek thing. I never <laughs> have ever understood that. Right? I, it was kind of interesting. I don't get that whole scripture. I don't get it. Like, let it slap your other sheep. 
cheek or walk away, you know, show them your cheeks and walk away. I never have understood the turn your other cheek. Well, it's, it just, when it's is that a good idea? <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Les Miserables when he steals the silver and then he gets caught and they bring him back and the priest says, oh, they said, oh, he stole your silver. And the priest said, no, you, I gave it to him and you forgot to take this, 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 and this and gave him the rest. I've always thought about that scripture with that. Mm -hmm. So let him, let him slap you again. I don't, I don't know. know. I thought maybe you guys had some insight. You could teach me what the crap that means because I never <laughs> have understood it. Because <laughs> my like, whole life, I'm always like, I don't get the other cheek thing. Because, <laughs> like, let's take the the actual example. If somebody's coming at us and uh, is going to to physically slap us uh, across the cheek, what should we do? I mean, without the scriptures as as a backup, right? I mean, um either you defend yourself or you run away but i mean against all logic the lord tells us to turn the other cheek and let him slap us again like in what world does that make sense even in a gospel sense like mm -hmm. is it only metaphor or what are we talking about because it, it is quite the and the that's the scripture he uses yeah exactly but I, I why why those... would he use that one what is i mean in, in this if you're talking about the whole world's in disarray, so turn the other cheek. Like, what the crap are you saying? I mean, yeah. not to be rude, but I just don't get that. Mm -hmm. Like, I always just thought and meant, like, your butt cheeks and turn around and walk away. But then I know that that's probably not, I mean, I'm sorry I'm being crude. Um, <laughs> but I just get frustrated with that. I've heard it my whole life. and like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. But I think it goes back to what I just talked about, Christ being the So you're saying... And I think, yeah, Christ being the Prince of Peace, he always puts us in the role of defender. And yet you look at how many times, like, um, was it the people of Limhi that were captured and they tried to get out and they were severely slaughtered and um, they were in bondage and the women and children were crying so much. They're like, okay, we'll go again. And they went to battle again. They got slaughtered again. They went three times. They were slaughtered. And finally, they just bore their burdens. And then the Lord just, once they submitted, they bore the burdens. It said the Lord made their burdens light. And then one night when he was ready, he just said, pack up all your things. They gave strong drink to the guards and they just walked out. But because, so, they, were, so because, they, saying... because they were defending themselves and trying to get away without the Lord's approval, they were slaughtered. And, and it's the same thing. There's other times when, um, you know, like the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, he just let them. They just buried their weapons and they were so, he just let them be slaughtered. But there's there's not very, I don't think, I can't think of a time when the Lord told them, maybe there was, I don't know, if they were in a big battle and they went to try to get their lands back and so they became on the offensive, but he usually has us on the defensive side and we just take it until he says, okay, now it's time. So that kind of makes sense right now with where we're at because, and I don't want to have a discussion about, I'm not bringing this up to have a discussion about it, but the different views on the shot and the different views on political views, why they aren't speaking out. And like, I was invited from some people from my ward to stand up for 
and I've been invited to several groups like LDS against um, uh, all these mandates and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I just, I want to just work on sanctifying myself. And that does, if you, if what you're saying is right, then that does match up with how they're acting. Right. How our rights are really being taken away and how we're really just sitting there watching them take them. I mean, really, truly, in my I, opinion, I think we're kind of in bondage now. And, and, and so, uh, and turn the other cheek is just like sit and wait until Heavenly Father corrects it and I just let so. them get your other cheek until you take more. Yeah. Until, until the Lord tells you how to act. But I, yeah, I remember when I realized in the Book of Mormon that they're never, they never are on the offensive. They're always on the defensive. The Lord's people are always defending, but they're never the aggressor. Satan's the aggressor. Christ is the Prince of Peace. And so he wants us to do exactly the counsel that President Nelson told us to repent, to make amends with people and just to love everyone and not to have hard feelings. And that's what we're supposed to do. And it's going to be hard and we may come under, I think we're already under bondage, but we may come under persecution. Well, that does line up, you know, because a lot of people are struggling with why aren't they speaking up or why aren't they doing this or why? And that does actually, that probably makes the most sense of anything I've be able to make a sense of it christ is not christ is not a war a warrior he you know in the sense that he goes out and just starts battles he doesn't he's the prince and even righteous wars people get hurt physically emotionally psychologically that's not christ's way and see he just how many times does he just passively lead the people out of bondage Right. That's his way. True. His way is not to fight. That's Satan's way. And okay. And so I think that's kind of what it is. Don't cause a fight. You may, you may be hurt just like the myself is actually turning the other cheek to just work. Just like, okay, I'm just gonna, because when I was approached by a big bunch of people in my ward, I was like, "Eh, I'm just going to follow the prophet. I'm not into all this. I don't want to hold signs and march and I, I'm just not that I'm against that. I'm just like, uh, I just have things I think are better use of my time. I don't think that's wrong, but I would really love to hear what Stefan and I would really like to hear what Cindy has to say about this. Yep. I, I think it's, say, all, what does anybody else have to say? <laughs> I think, I think all of this um, worldly stuff, the, the mandates, the ideologies, everything, all the craziness, the gender stuff, the critical race theory. I think all of it is a distraction of what to, you know, of what we really should be concentrating on. And that is sanctifying Mm -hmm. ourselves and becoming a Zion people and gathering Israel. And I think everything else are distractions from Satan and, and it's and he's too big to really fight so the only way we can really fight him is to sanctify ourselves right yep well, well I really liked your comment yeah everything that Cindy mentioned those are all going to divide us rather yeah. than than unite us 
And so. Exactly. It's like the exact opposite of Zion if we right. like, take us down that road. Yeah. yeah and I'm then right. first down from 39 about turning the other cheek, 44 is love thy enemy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sanctifying ourselves so that we can even love our enemy that we're so filled with well, God's love that we even love our enemy. Well, and I have to be really honest, that's one been one really calming um kind of spiritual thing I've had I've thought of a lot through all this is like everyone is showing up right when they're supposed to doing exactly what they said they would do to to bring this to the fullness Mm -hmm. just like satan showed up in the movie and you know and or with adam and eve and like that's what he said he would do like everybody's playing their part just like they thought like they just like they said they would right Mm -hmm. yeah which Um, actually gives me peace for some reason i don't know why yeah for sure so, um, L was, was that it that you had? And then if it is, then we'll, we'll go to Leslie. Um, when you were talking, Kathy, I was thinking of other parts of his talk and, um, I had printed this talk out from the church website, so I don't have the, the one that you gave us. So in the just after footnote three says we are followers of the prince of peace and it said he said that um how can we expect peace to exist in the world when we are not individually seeking peace and harmony and then um it talked about ending personal conflicts within our uh, the raging that are raging in your lives and then um and then on the next page where it's discover the joy of daily repentance and talking about um casting um uh, satan delights in your misery cut it short cast his influence out of your life and um so every other human being on the planet is not even our enemy even though it seems like maybe they are, is Satan who's the enemy. And so anytime we are fighting against someone else, either within our own heart or online or in person in our families, it's, um, you know, it makes everybody happy. And, um, and where did he say, he said something about, um, I'm sorry that oh here it is it's back up again to that um first paragraph I quoted he said um may I underscore this call to action so it's not um turning the cheek isn't passive it's super um movement oriented because look at all the things he's asking us to do mm. and how so the turning the other cheek is the momentum. I think so because everything we do, positive or negative, has an energy to it. And so, right. if there to be a positive spiritual momentum, we have to do the things that in internally here. I think that's what he's calling for us to do: is ending contention with our on our own hearts, and then it won't right. go anywhere. So those were my thoughts. Well, when- I just really feel like he wouldn't put that 
that scripture in there unless it really meant something like just not past like you said and it's an action it is a momentum yeah and i really like that part i looked up erode which is said momentum it says spiritual momentum can help us withstand wicked attacks from the adversary thwart his effort to erode the personal spiritual foundation and the thwart throat was to thwart was to stop something from happening so actually actually stopping it from happening so momentum can stop things i thought that was pretty dang cool and then the i thought the eroding was cool like because when i was just on my trip there was this we were down on the beach and as we're on the beach just rocks keep coming down this hill just it's just eroding as you're watching it like into the ocean and my husband when there was already a road that had totally fallen in and my husband said that this is all going to just come down I said I don't know there's that tree right there with roots really deep and and that's the momentum of that tree growing and getting those roots deep into that ground that's going to keep probably keep that from eroding for a lot longer you know keep it from eroding for a lot longer and how that momentum is us actually putting our roots deep our testimony deep and sanctifying ourselves is is an action of putting that root deep so that when it erodes we're still standing i thought that really that eroding really hit because i just saw i saw a whole mountain eroding into the ocean yeah that makes a lot of sense it's a great object uh lesson uh there with without a rose well, and, and it's with momentum like it all goes together mm-hmm. should have used that for his talk really <laughs> <laughs> so um something that that keeps popping up to me is the the fact that um he's differentiating between igniting spiritual momentum and maintaining spiritual momentum there's two different sets of things that uh he he quantifies here so it, it all goes back to the basketball game. There's the first half of the game and the second half of the game. The first half of the game, the the guard and the teammate are igniting the momentum, but yet in the second half, it's for the rest of the team to maintain the momentum. So there in verse nine, uh, the paragraph starts with, so I ask, what can ignite spiritual momentum? That paragraph is a chiasm in and of itself, and then it also is part of a greater chiasm of um, the that and the next two paragraphs. And um, in verse 11, it says, uh, he answers the question that he poses in, in 9, many actions can ignite positive spiritual momentum, and here are the five. Obedience, love, humility, service, and gratitude are but a few. Um, so he gives five... Uh huh. So 169. Okay. <clears throat> and Thank so he asks, what can ignite spiritual momentum and then answers it. And then in verse 12, the next page, he says today, though, because because the first half of the game is done. Now we're in the second half of the game. This talk is the like the locker room talk. And so he says, today, I would like to suggest five specific actions we can take to help maintain positive spiritual momentum. And then the next five are the five main topics of his um, 
talk. <laughs> that was redundant. Sorry. But um, first, get on the covenant path, stay there, discover the joy of daily repentance, learn about God and how he works, seek and expect miracles, and then in personal conflict in your life. Those things are for the maintenance of positive spiritual momentum, not the ignition of it. And so I, I found that very interesting how the basketball game is really chiastic in its nature of this talk, but in all three of his talks, how turning the other cheek is, is crucial to our missionary work in the latter days. So as we turn the other cheek, it is a, a proactive approach to win the hearts of men and rend their veils of unbelief. If we don't, if we're just going to, to be on the defensive and, and be, I don't know, instigating lots of different things, it, it's not going to convert people the way that it is if we just turn the other cheek and build Zion and be one. And um, it, it's all about the maintenance of, of our personal spiritual momentum but also the momentum of the gathering of, of Israel in the latter days. Anyway, I, I just really love the basketball metaphor and how it cuts into the ignition from the maintenance. And then all of the footnotes that are in there help uh, really uh, drive that point home. But um, looking at it, I mean, this talk is so masterful in its use of chiastic structure. Like almost every verse is a chiasm. And then there's like these other little mini chiasms. And then the whole thing is, and then all three of his talks are basically all one talk, but just in a chiastic form. Like, I mean, this is <laughs> some of the greatest literature that we've ever had from president nelson just from a literary wow. perspective wow i mean you got all of that and the whole time i was trying to envision him watching a basketball game <laughs> like does he sit on the couch does he sit on the floor like <laughs> i don't know Correct me up. incredible <laughs> Imagine Wendy next to him with popcorn. <laughs> yeah, does he got popcorn and pop treats? Well, he's vegetarian, so I, I don't know. <laughs> but what about in number two of the list? Kent Daly preached nothing but repentance. Isn't that the preach nothing but repentance? Doesn't um, Abraham say something about that? Isn't the I don't remember what I heard about what. That is like a, is that one of the servants? Uh-huh, yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, mainly the role of the, the end time servant to, to come and, and drive that point home of the repentance. Because even the covenant people have, have fallen in disarray and, and need repentance. And so whether or not Nelson's the servant or he's just an excellent, almost 100% type of the servant, he is driving home this repentance in almost every single talk that he's ever given, but especially since he's been prophet. It is a and he's new an focus. excellent basketball watcher. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Sorry to make light of it. Oh, no, no that's great. <clears throat> it is. Oh, it it's makes, deep. It makes me think of was that last conference or the conference? not when I say last conference, I don't mean April, mm -hmm. October or April when he gave the talk on myopic, I'm just feeling like 
is this tie into myopic? Yeah, I think it does uh, a lot. Because <clears throat> when we're myopic, then we're we're not turning the other cheek. We're not focusing on repentance and and not the the big picture of gathering Israel. Because mm-hmm. that's our nothing. Like I'm trying to paraphrase President Nelson, nothing is more important than the gathering of Israel. Like no other work. Like set everything else aside. Consecrate your whole life to the gathering of Israel because that's the time of the earth that we were foreordained to come, and this is our mission. We all have different missions within that, but like, this is it. There's no other work more important. And, and so that, that myopic uh, tendency or the natural man or just the diabolical plan for, for Satan to come in and get us so hyper-focused on our own selves that, that everything else goes undone. But, you know, like some of these are, are so powerful, like the third suggestion and fourth suggestion, Yeah. learn about God and how he works. And then he goes into a great um, synopsis that it should, we should follow Moses's example and yeah. cast Satan out of our lives. Like so many people are like, no, we don't do that. You know, <laughs> that's that's not something that we have to do. Satan's not that active, but in multiple talks, he's, he's mentioned, we learn how to cast out Satan in the temple. And here we have Moses. Like we should be following that example and casting Satan's influence out of our lives or else we're not going to be able to gather. That's the, I really like the, yeah, that is, I really love that part too. And then I love the second part, pray always to escape Satan's hand in the hands of his servants. Mm-hmm. I really love that. Yeah. Something interesting too about Moses and his example is the other half of that. Mm-hmm. Why did he cast Satan out? How did he know? And applying that to our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, he detected the deception because dot, dot, dot. You guys can fill in the blanks for yourselves, but. Yeah. And the but first also, time he cast him out, it didn't work. And he had to yeah, do it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It just says right there when Satan persisted. So that doesn't mean always the first time you cast him out, he's going to go away. Yeah. There's different right? methods. There's different ways to cast out. Yeah. And, and we see that all throughout the New Testament, too. I mean, if you do a study on evil versus unclean spirits, there's different ways to cast out the different kinds. Different, different kinds. Mm-hmm. I, I like that part where he said, depart for this one God only will I worship. I love that. Yeah. And, and how f- well that fits into with the, the, the temple instruction, right? I mean, because that's the mm-hmm. whole point. That's why Satan's even there trying to, to uh, distract. Trying to see them. Yeah. I also then- liked right after um, footnote nine, um repenting is the key and he italicized key right mm-hmm. um is the key to progress and pure faith keeps us moving forward on the covenant path i kind of felt like repenting is like the key to be on the covenant path and then it's the faith <laughs> is moving forward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly 
Well, and I don't, I don't know last time when he, his big talk, let God prevail. I don't know that I got as much this one where he says, let God prevail, give God a fair, a fair time in your life. Like, I don't know if I caught that last time, Mm -hmm. like giving him the time in your life. You got to spend the time to let him prevail. I didn't, I don't think I caught that last time. Yeah. It is very interesting, isn't it? Spend the time and not be distracted. Like we were talking Mm -hmm. about before, because I don't know about you, but it's been really hard not to get distracted on all of this stuff that's going on. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the only way we're going to put in the time is if we don't get distracted by other things that aren't important. Well, I think it's my personal opinion. I think we we have to be aware of what's going on, but not distracted by it. Like, I think it's important to know, like, this is just the way I view it from Kathy's eyes. You have to know what's out there, be able to dodge it or stay away from it or, or cast it out. You can't just put your head in the sand and go, I don't care. I don't want to even know. So you kind of yeah. have to be aware, but then not give that your time and not give it your energy. Like go, okay, that's what's going on. This is what I'm going to focus on. Not and dwell on it. Not dwell on it, but be aware of it. Mm-hmm. I personally, I don't know. Just so many people like have no clue that I think that's just as dangerous because the day they wake up is going to be kind of a hard day. So how much time should we be giving? Like, what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, I I know that it's all... what's a fair time? What's fair? Yeah. Like, I've heard some people say, you know, in Four Ordinations book, for anyone reading that, that it should be a tithe of our time. It should be a tenth part, which is 144 minutes. I know that I don't necessarily... That's more than two hours? Yeah. It's an interesting concept of, like, huh. How, how much am I actually devoting to it? And, and is it enough? Because, you know, when just the, the principle of tithing, for example, you know, a 10th, we realize that it's, it's more than enough once we put forth the faith and, and do it. Right. And, and that's all that he requires versus, you know, a, a tithe of our actual time. Anyway, it's an interesting concept. That's interesting. I, I think that it's I have probably, a lot of improvement to do in that. Well, probably you get out of it whatever time you put in. Like the more, just, you know, it's just like the blessing of the tithe or the sacrifice, blessing of the sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think I like that tithing analogy, but I think also that we should be, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying I'm perfect because... <laughs> I get distracted a lot, Um, but we should be giving the Lord more time than we give the world. Mm -hmm. That's just my view. Yeah. And I'm, like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that that's what I do, but that's what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And isn't that so fitting into his last talk called now is the time and the, the poem by Henry Van Dyke. It, it's, it's all about time. You know, you don't get the hours back that, that are past. And um, 
what, what's ahead, yes, but tomorrow will take thought of itself, right? But one hour alone is in thy hands the now on which the shadow stands. Like, this is, if we're always in the past or always in the future, we're never changing anything. We're never having that upward momentum, that lift that uh, he references Elder Uchtdorf with and, and things. But it's interesting, you know, how many times has he referenced that in a future day, everything's, <laughs> he's prophesying. Wow. And yet now, now, now is the time. Focus on the now. Well, he says that at the end, too. End conflict. Now is the time. Mm -hmm. Like, he talks about time a lot. Yeah. Because now we're in the second half of this basketball game. The momentum has been ignited. And now we have to be present in the now in order to maintain the momentum. If not, if we're always focused on the past or always in the future... We're never going to maintain okay, it. Okay, there's one other thing about this. When people have anxiety, they have anxiety about the future. When people have depression, they're they're usually in the past. Yeah. Now is like a healthy, because you can only control now. Mm -hmm. You can't control tomorrow. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool way to look at it, too. For sure. I, I really love that. Well, and then in chapter 61... He says, we set our own priorities and determine how we use our energy, time, and means. This is verse three. We decide how we will treat each other. We choose to whom we will turn for truth and guidance. And then the end of verse four, I plead with you today to counter the lure of the world by making time for the Lord in your He's life to... each and every day. Yeah. So that, all three talks from last conference is so awesome. He might as well yeah. just say, you guys want to do it now. Like, get this, like you yell at your kids. You better do it now. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, look at President Nelson's standpoint. <laughs> like, I mean, he's prophet. He's obviously speaking with Christ and, and getting the revelation and stuff. And <laughs> how more blatant can he be to a general audience? Right? Like, I mean, I like general. Say, I'm gonna yeah, I'm going to put you in time out if you don't get this done. <laughs> now is time. Come on. <laughs> you all, but you're all a bunch of idiots. Just get it done. <laughs> um, kind of uh, reflecting on the, the miracles there, uh, the fourth suggestion, seek and expect miracles. I found it really interesting in the, the second paragraph there. It's verse 30. But he does this a lot, and it says this specific phrase, do the spiritual work to blank, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we, we've heard that from him a lot. But do the spiritual work to seek miracles. Like, what kind of work goes into the seeking of miracles, and how do we go about that? Like, I think that that's a very important principle, because looking at the footnotes, uh, footnote V there, um, it says, if God were to cease performing miracles, he would actually cease to be God because he is a God of miracles. And so, like, how many of us in the church, you know, we, like, we're excited and we are very appreciative of when he does work a miracle, you know, healing a person uh, from the brink of illness and, and things like that. But how many of us do spiritual work and have that an active uh, pursuit in our lives. We seek after miracles. Like, look at the New Testament. Look at the Book of Mormon. Uh, 
I mean, they were they were actively seeking miracles. And I, I don't know, it was just like a, a mind-blowing thing for me of like, Cameron, you haven't been seeking miracles. I mean, you you're excited when they come around, but like you haven't done any work to seek them. And so I'm anyway, that was that was huge for me. Because what uh, talk are you on? I can't find us. Oh, sorry. It's on page 172. Um, it's the, the momentum talk and it's uh, suggestion number four. So, oh, uh, you're still the... in momentum. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I popped back there. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. How do you, how do you seek and to receive them? How do you just have faith that they'll happen? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you seek it? Anybody? Yeah. How does everyone else see? like, how do you seek anything? Right? Like you have to acknowledge that it's possible or that it exists. Right. You have to have like a knowledge and, and a firm faith and then faith that it actually applies to you. Well, I'd be thankful for the ones that have happened before and acknowledge mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Acknowledge and show gratitude. Cause yeah. Cause if you don't acknowledge the past then you're going to miss the, he's maybe not going to bless you or, you're not going to see the miracles of the future, maybe, mm -hmm. you think? Yeah. And I so that also, also have to believe that they can happen. Yeah. yeah. And not that they just can happen to other people, but actually yes. you as well. Yeah. And, and ask folk to believe. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I, I keep jumping in there. <laughs> Cindy was trying to say something. Leslie was trying to say something. Sorry. That's okay. I, I didn't hear what Leslie said, so. Um... I didn't either. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Asking. Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah. what I was going to say was that, you know, I think it's really important for us to have the spirit, too, because you know, don't we learn in the scriptures that if we're close to the spirit and if we're really listening to the spirit, that we won't ask for things that are not in our best interest and mm -hmm. we won't ask for things that he will not grant us. So I think it's really important for us to stay close to the spirit so we know what we can ask for and what he, you know, will answer for us if if we have the faith for that mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah i love that yeah rossanne well just again first alethea posted an awesome video in uh the the thing so this video is like a graph showing the phrases and, and things so i'm i'm super curious uh to go in there and oh, i watched that that was interesting uh -huh. it's yeah. super super good like how often has the second coming been talking about Mm -hmm. How often is oh, I can't remember what all was the phrases. one there was one phrase that was like brand new that was been said a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's cool because it's done by like it might be pink and then the more he says it, it's red and then dark red, almost brown. And it's a super interesting video. Yeah. It was Prevail was one of them. Yeah. 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 yeah, there were a lot of phrases that were really good. I love it. Yeah. And it's done by prophets too. So you can go back and look anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Watch it. You'll like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Rossanne. Yeah. I haven't been on the group for a while. Um, 
just been so freaking busy seeking miracles in my life. It's interesting that you guys brought that up. So I can't go into everything that's been happening in my life. It's just too much for the past. You can't just tell us it all. Come on. You can <laughs> spill the beans. Seriously, it is so freaking much. Um, basically, there are, I'm starting two new businesses and it's all to glorify God and gather Israel. And I am using, I'm being very directly guided on how to do these and what to do. And Heavenly Father even told me, gave me the list of things to my mantras and affirmations to read every morning. And part of it is that, that when you say seek, when you talked about seeking miracles, from my experience lately, it is actually, it's taking action even though you have no idea where you're going yeah, and, and how it's going to end up and how you're going to do it. You just, I just take action every day on these things that I am being guided to do. And it has literally been, I can't even, I, I haven't even been able to read the talks really. I just have been so um, caught up in what, um, Heavenly Father is guiding me to do lately. Um, it's been so interesting. Um, but so that, that, that was where my thoughts when we were talking about seeking miracles is actually taking action on the things that the spirit guides you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Heavenly Father will bring those miracles into our lives but they're actually, it's, I don't know, I'm trying to think how to describe how I'm feeling about it, that it's, it's actually what he wants to bless us with. Um, and to us, it's miraculous. Um, but it was always in the plan. I don't know if that makes any sense. But in order to, to get though, in order to get to that point, you have to take the steps and seek after it so i just wanted to add that to the discussion because anyway i love it it's kind of like that ask seek knock principle right um Mm -hmm. we talked about the believing uh, and then actually seeking it and then knocking like (laughs) it's never going to happen if you don't go ahead and and knock uh and and put your uh, shoulder to the wheel for lack of a better phrase yeah i love it yeah becky I just want to agree with what Rosanne's saying. We're seeing the same type of thing in our life, different situation. And I'll have a great story for you all someday. (laughs) But uh, that action and doing what the Spirit's prompting you to do and acknowledging Heavenly Father is the one guiding you. Uh, My husband and I were reading, um, I don't remember whose talk it was from October conference but about how Nephi was told to go get the plates but he didn't know what his next steps were he just went and he he you know it was his third attempt before he actually got it and so yeah I think that action is key and um, I think it's important to write these things down as we're going through them because it's so easy to forget and not acknowledge heavenly father's hand mm-hmm. yeah i love that example of nephi i mean there's a, a real I do too. Uh, 
a purpose in in that story there the three different attempts and you know <laughs> a third attempt to kill a man i mean that, that's no. usually not the <laughs> the first go-to thought right and so you have to uh, kind of play through nephi's experience there and, and apply it in in our own lives uh, i love that yeah l yeah, has anyone seen the video that they play? It's in every one of the emotional, the emotional and the financial, mm-hmm. the self-reliance where they're going to cross the river and they have to actually step in the river and get their feet yeah. wet before the river parts. So you actually have to take action, whether, you know, you can see that it's going to happen or not. You just have to have faith that it will happen, even though you don't see that at the moment, you know, when you're taking those steps then it will mm-hmm. so you know what is it we don't see what is it to, after the trial of our faith i can't think of that scripture but we don't see evidence or what is it i can't remember the scripture but after the trial of our faith so mm-hmm. we have to exert that through action first yeah exactly i love that example there I, sometimes you, you gotta get your feet wet <clears throat> um well we're i mean we're kind of running out of time anything else from from these talks that you want to um uh, cover and discuss i'm just while we're we're thinking on on final topics here just showing well i probably won't screen share so that it doesn't break the uh, zoom but um next week we're going to be popping into uh kind of back into schedule we're going to go with april 2021 um, so uh, group C is going to talk about COVID-19 in temples. I think that that's an interesting one to, to talk about next week, right? As we're, I mean, <laughs> at the, the year mark and, and seeing kind of the, the fulfillment of that talk and, and different things. Uh, I think that'll be an interesting one to, to discuss. But anything, uh, anything on April 2021 there uh, for next week. Um, and if anybody needs the schedule or uh, the updated version of this um, book with uh, these chapters from April 2022, let me know. Uh, I can email that over to you. But anyway, yeah, final thoughts on uh, this last conference with Nelson and, and these talks here. Did anyone, did you guys already talk about President Nelson's the first talk? I know we don't have time for all of it, but the, did you already talk about footnote number two because it goes along right with what we we're just talking about it said well i don't have the scripture in front of me i just have my notes but it says um stand having your loins girt about with truth the breastplate of righteousness and feet um sorry i can't read my writing something shod. preparation of sorry go ahead what feet shod with the preparation yeah, of the gospel of peace, which I have sent my angels to commit to you. I thought that was interesting feet too. Mm-hmm. Like, are we solid in it? And like, um, I thought that was interesting. You brought that one up just because that's like such a primary thing. But then the feet of preparation of the gospel of peace, like the preparation sinks your feet in into the gospel of peace like literally it's kind of just like the same thing i was talking about with the roots in the ground um so it with the when the winds blow um with the rumors and corrosion 
we aren't it's just like cindy was saying now that we're not going to even sway because we put that time and preparation in i think i think that almost just solidifies everything we've talked about mm -hmm. yeah i thought that was good anyway yeah and then towards the end of that talk verse 10 um he says that every person deserves to know where they can find the hope and peace that pass all understanding. So, I mean, with all of this, like every person deserves that opportunity. So mm -hmm. all missionaries, regardless of, of how, when, and uh, in what capacity you serve, all missionaries teach and testify of the savior. Um, that's why we, we bear his name on our, our chest in a, a physical representation. Um, to to symbolize that that principle there but that every person well, right and then to go along with that cameron and five it says sanctify the lord in your hearts and be ready always to mm -hmm. give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for of the hope in in your with meekness and fear sorry it's my handwriting um but at all times like a same thing be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh that's kind of a big calling don't you think yeah yeah sometimes we we shy away from things just because we're like scared oh am i gonna know the answer or a different because he says they'll ask you for a reason for your hope like mm -hmm. why how do you have all this hope and you have to be ready to give the answer like i think i thought that was cool and with yeah. your meekness and fear. I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Alethea is posting here, the Sisters of Liberty one. I haven't had a chance to watch that one. I'm excited to do that one too. But um, this last week on Gematria in the scriptures, um, what is that next? The first part has no sound. No sound. Okay. Sounds so yeah, there's a sound problem at the very beginning, and it's. I wish they would update it because it just says the person in the description to who's speaking to be determined. Yet they went and introduced her, so they didn't update that and say who it was. So oh. I'm not sure. I kind of get the impression that maybe she's one of them, like mm -hmm. Robin is who presents, but I'm not sure. But I can't, like, my mind is. I think changing. she is. Yeah, I think she is. Did one you of watch them. it, Kathy? No, I haven't watched it, but I've seen that lady. She does a lot of the introductions. Well, like it's over two hours. Mm -hmm. I, I got it worth my two it. hours. What? Is it worth two hours? Uh, yeah. I mean, I have to give Heavenly Father two and a half hours now. So do I? <laughs> <laughs> well, do it over a couple of days. So just one YouTube video of Sisters of Liberty does my next the box for the day, right? Watch the two and a half hour or two hour Sisters of Liberty video over several days. Um, no, the, the numbers and the gematria, and then bringing in the Hebrew, like she talks about like the ancient Hebrew and the lettering and what they represent and how they've changed now um, and what they mean. And holy cow, your mind will just be like, wait, 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 what? And you got to go back and watch it again. And then she embeds a couple videos that were okay. Like for instance, it was near the end, one of the videos and I listened to it and I fell asleep. I was, it was the middle of the night. 
And then I woke up at this part and saw it, but there was a video where every angle, trying to think how that was, like, why do you have 360 degrees? Three plus six equals nine and nine is heavenly is Jesus Christ. So then when you take a 45, so then let's take an angle of that 45 degrees, four plus five is nine. Every angle that you have equals Christ. Mm -hmm. And it just goes on and on and on, on different things like that. But then it's got the geometria and she talks about that. She goes, I don't do numerology. I do geometria. And it was just so interesting. Anyway, if you like that kind of stuff, it was super interesting. Becky, you love it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Cameron, I have one more question. Yeah. Did you record the Foreign Nations uh, meeting on Saturday that I missed? Uh Yeah, so it's uploaded uh, under Chapter 17. Uh, You'll find the the video there. Okay. Did you have a good turnout? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, you okay. know, I mean, it was uh, kind of an interesting weekend, you know, schedule-wise with everyone. But yeah, yeah, there was quite a few on there. We had a great discussion. Okay, good. I was sad I missed it. So if anybody wants to to watch that one, but watch the the Seder dinner that we had, that one's going to be, if you go to like discussions and then go to like the <laughs> holiday feasts and festivals thing or whatever, they're uh, there that you can watch those. Um Anything else? Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I post all the videos on, on Learning Zion somewhere. <laughs> it's just an Easter egg hunt. You just got to find them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with me. I can never find them. <laughs> You're really good at it. I'm just not a very good speaker. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, next week we'll, we'll cover um, April 2021 of, of President Nelson. Let me find what chapters those are in this book I should Kathy I think you can count this as your time towards the Lord (laughs) well I can you guys I was thinking that like preparing lessons writing a journal writing your prayer journal writing like I think we can count lots of things saying your prayers listening to your your come follow me like we can count a lot of things right Mm mm-hmm Exactly. How about the whole time I yak in my salon about the church? That counts, doesn't it? <laughs> or do I have to be calling people to repentance the whole yeah. time? Yeah. <laughs> at least got to repentance in there two times for it to count. My customer. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to burn it if you don't repent. <laughs> How about if everything we do is to glorify God, then it will all count. Yep, exactly. And then <laughs> no that equals constitution. <laughs> that call people to repentance <laughs> that's gathering a nice Israel, way right? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah anytime oh, I'm not, like what's I'm not gonna have any friends you're gonna be my only friends <laughs> <laughs> anytime that we do anything to help anyone on either side of the veil either side yes yeah, that's gathering israel so just yeah, get to where you can count everything. You know what? You said that, and I just had this, as you said it, it made me think of something like how we help people on either side of the veil. Isn't that what angels are doing? Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. It's yeah. kind of the same, like they're engaged in the same exact work. We mm-hmm. want them here helping us 
So in order to qualify for that, don't we need to be helping over there? Yeah, it's kind of like Isaiah's ladder. If you want to be lifted up, you've also got to lift someone else up too. And so it's not just talking about temple work, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did anybody else get the notice? We just got the notice last night, yesterday, I think yesterday, that our temple's at a level four now. It's completely open. Sweet. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm not the only one that lots of them got opened up and moved. So mm -hmm. yay, good news. Do you no. think it'll last? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but I have lots of hope. <laughs> That's I what I just gotta make the, the best of it while there is. Well, I just I think about I think about yeah that uh talks about religious persecution we had this conference yeah i think it's good for us to see they're making effort to try to get us you know back to normal so i think it's good mm -hmm. to see that they're trying like they're not just you know because i yesterday i flew home i didn't have to wear a mask in the airports except for in seattle of course they love the mask there but um mm -hmm saw that there's people fighting against it trying to get it back so who knows how long it'll last oh there'll be another reason yep. yeah yeah <laughs> all right well it's been fun we will catch everyone next week if not sooner <laughs> we've got lots of irons in the fire somewhere i catch it so i have what else is happening this week am i do i need to know about Oh, just like, I mean, if you're involved in Isaiah Decoded on Saturday or oh yeah, okay. that kind of thing, you know, so but yeah, Am nothing, nothing extracurricular. How are we doing this ham radio thing? I mean, we're studying, but are we coming together at all to discuss it or do anything? Uh -huh. Yeah. So on that schedule that I sent out, we're just studying each week by ourselves. We're going to meet one time in the middle. Um, I believe, uh, let me pull up the. Cause I got the email, but I just saw the classes. I didn't see the schedule. Uh -huh, yeah. It's on the, the Google spreadsheet. So um, our too. first Zoom session is May 14th. <laughs> and then oh, the I didn't get the I didn't get the Zoom. I, I didn't get the schedule. Ham radio thing. Uh -huh, yeah, it was in that email that I sent out. It's a, a link to the, the Google Doc that has the full schedule. I just, oh, I just got the two classes. That's all. I just got it two days ago. Did you send another one or previous? Yeah, when we started the whole ham radio thing. So that. Oh, okay. Time. I'll have to go back and see if I can find that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can send it to you again. But it has links to every single video for the weeks. And then it has the, the, the schedule. So May 14th is our, our first Zoom session. Uh, it's like halfway through the courses. We're like hurting oh, okay, May 14th. <laughs> Cameron, we're oh, worse no. than that. We're worse than hurting cats. <laughs> Some days are better than others. I try not to bother you, but I'm like, I don't know who to ask. I just always have to ask Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're all good. Yeah, I, I don't think that, that. I saw that email, but I'm. Oh, maybe is it? I think it might be called mid-semester updates. Is that what it's called? Yes, it's uh, was sent out April seventh, and it's called mid-semester updates. Okay, because that has a whole bunch of stuff yeah. in it. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, that's okay. why. Yeah.
because I just saw President Nelson and the summer mm -hmm. retreats and the it's way at the bottom. Okay, thank you. Uh, Alethea. Alethea, <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> my husband and I took this class three Saturdays in a row and it was so overwhelming. We never tested. Um, and then I got a message on Saturday from the high counselor. Hi, could you meet a little early before the adult session of general conference with you and your husband? So we went. And you are looking at the newest, not sustained yet, emergency coordinator, assistant <laughs> emergency coordinator. By the way, would you get certified in ham radio? <laughs> it's not emergency preparedness. It's the one that like, if there's a disaster, I'm helping to direct people and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I anyway. love that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, so I'm not super really smart. I kind of got lost with the megahertz, kind of got lost with build your own antenna and frequencies. And well, if you want to study with us, I mean, we're only on week two. <laughs> are you when, when are you studying? Is that in that email? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to, to everyone again um, with uh, that schedule and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm just going to update um, you where we're at. Let's see. I see that you have YouTube videos. And then it goes into the conference, the, the study group, uh, Nelson study group schedule. Oh, wait. Yeah. So I'll, I'll send you an email with, with all okay. of the, the revamps. I'm looking at, you also had um, PDFs listed in docs in there. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's one of those. Yep. Anyway, okay. Yep. I guess I better start coming to those because <laughs> I need help. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of an overwhelming one. Uh, I told I told the high counselor when he asked me to do ham radio. I said, "Well, I'm sure once I get um, the mantle, then I'll be able to pass it." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll see everyone next week. Have a great Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.